good afternoon and welcome to episode 27 of the UC Architects podcast. My name is Pat Richard and this episode is recorded on Sunday, September 1st, 2013. To hell with Microsoft, we say. <laughs> uh, today I have with me Johan Valdis, an Exchange MVP, Exchange MCSM and MVP Michael Van Hornbeek, Exchange MCSM Andrew Higginbotham, Michelle DeRoy, Exchange MCSM Brian Reed, Exchange MVP Serkan Veriglou, Exchange MVP Steve Goodman, Link MCSM and uh, MVP Tim Harrington, Exchange MCSM and MVP Jeff Guillet, and uh, John Cook, the fastest talking Exchange MCSM there is. <laughs> so welcome everybody. Why am I laugh? <laughs> uh, welcome everybody, and uh, Johan, tell us what's happening with you. Well, just a return from vacation, so uh, getting up to speed to uh, to start tomorrow. Uh, working again, looking at some feedback of the uh, Seth Uto uh, GUI script. So the coolest looking, the coolest script lately that anybody has done. That thing is awesome. Yeah, so, so. And I guess I was say I was saying to you too. Uh, it scales pretty well too. I, I'm running it in a pretty huge environment, and it's surprisingly quick for how big our environment is so yeah got some got some feedback from some users so looking at which things i gonna implement in the next release so expect one within the next month or so i think excellent uh michael uh you're the newest mcsm on the list here i think mm. uh, <laughs> uh again congrats on that for whatever that's worth um, but what's happening with you? Well, the youngest first of all, th thanks for rubbing it in. Um, and other than that, nothing much. Um, I, I'm just pissed and disappointed, and that's pretty much everything I've been since the past two days. Um, yeah, and other than that, at work, um, busy as usual, uh, doing all sorts of stuff. So um, life's good, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Good. And uh, Andrew, you have not been on our podcast before, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you work for, and what you're doing these days. Uh, thank you. I'm happy to be on. I've actually become uh, quite a fan of the podcast since uh, I actually attended the MCSM beta rotation with John Cook, and he, uh, as well as at Mac, told me a lot about it, and I've been listening to it quite a bit lately. But uh, as for me, I work for uh, Dell Services and Pro Support. Uh, we Handle our Dell, handle our pro support customers from the support aspect, as well as we work pretty closely with Dell's consulting organization. Uh, I obviously specialize in exchange, but we have similar uh, similar consultants and engineers who work, you know, VMware, Red Hat, Citrix across the board. But as other people are uh, kind of pissed off that my uh, three day weekend here in the United States got uh, got kind of tainted with with this news. Good, understood. Um, well, welcome. Hope you uh, enjoy this experience. Michelle, what's happening with you? Yeah, same thing actually as uh, last episode, still working on a car project. And yeah, uh, regarding community activities, uh, surprised uh, like everybody else uh, lately on the developments going on, uh, coming in from Microsoft. So. Okay, good. Uh, Brian Reed, not only are you uh, an MCSM, but uh, you also teach some of the content at uh, at the master's course, correct? That's right. Yep. That's that's, um, I'm just back from holiday, having just been in Seattle um, doing um, an upgrade rotation for people who were MCMs 2010 to become MCSMs 2013. And we all say goodbye and see you next time at the end of the rotation. And, well, for most of them, I probably won't see them again if it doesn't um, pan out to get recalled. Um, I'm a 
a freelance consultant in the UK. I work for my own company called C7 Solutions and I provide exchange consulting and experience for customers who um, need it um, here and uh, around the world. Um, and out of the love of my heart, I help Microsoft voluntarily in the UK in a thing called uh, the VTSP program. Uh, I go out with Microsoft and help their customers understand um, pre-sales type stuff. Um, and a long time ago, I wrote uh, some of the 2003 resource kit for Exchange Server. All in all, I do lots of things and um, I'm quite busy running my own business and enjoying, um, enjoying Exchange Server. Oh, good. I know I've uh, attended some of your sessions at uh, some conferences, and it's always been excellent content. Thank you. So, yep. Moving on to Sirken, what's happening with you? Uh, I'm working on a few projects, and also welcome, guys, the guys who are their first time on the podcast. Uh, I'm working on some exchange projects and a few link projects. Uh, the latest problem that I had, you guys probably saw it in the emails and stuff, was with the IPsec, uh, publishing it through TMG. I had a lot of issues with TMG. So I'm hoping this podcast I won't be able to talk too much because I'm really eager to hear it from the MCM guys, MCSM guys, uh, about what's going on. So that's it. And uh, uh, Steve, my uh, co-host colleague... Hello. Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, since uh, the last podcast, I've been on holiday again and uh, working on a few Office 365, Exchange, virtualization projects, and, and of course doing the, the usual blogging. Uh, I'll probably be a bit quiet this evening uh, as I'm finishing off uh, a few articles for msexchange.org as we speak. Uh, but uh, thanks uh, uh, on behalf of everyone uh, for, for joining us tonight, uh, MCMs and MCSMs, uh, because obviously it's a, a big topic and it's, it's not just about the MCM picture, it's about the, the wider impact on the, the IT industry. Uh, and IT pros that are, are aiming for MCSM uh, and MCM as well. Oh, absolutely. There's there's going to be a huge impact here, and we're just starting to hear about it. So my lone link colleague this week, Tim Harrington. <laughs> He's <laughs> yeah, a smart one. Tim, what's happening? Uh, everything's happening. So uh, just been inundated with link work. The floodgates are definitely open. And uh, Link is open for business officially, I think. We're kicking off, I think, yeah, four, pro four projects in the next two weeks, large projects. And interestingly enough, I just got back from Seattle last week. Um, I was in a week-long meeting with Microsoft for partner planning. And interestingly, we, we talked about how important the MCM certification was to partners and customers and all that and came up with a plan around it and then, I come home and wake up the next morning, and a colleague of mine who got accepted to the November rotation says he got an email saying he was canceled, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So then I started getting on the threads, and sure enough, I got the email as well. So we can talk about that more, but kind of mad. I think the only saving grace this weekend is that uh, football has started. Well, I guess American football has started, so that, that helps me out. It helps me get through this. That and a fair amount of beer. Is that what it is? Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from the left coast, uh, Jeff Guillet, this is your first time here. Welcome, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, did I actually pronounce your, your name correctly? Yeah, yes, you did. Thank I you know, very much. I know, big misconception. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, yeah, I've been, um, well, besides this latest uh, excitement that's going on, I've been working on um, a lot of uh, projects right now with customers that I can't mention, but uh, names you would recognize. And, uh, yeah, this was, uh, I was on vacation uh, in Sacramento, and uh, when this email came out in the middle of a pub crawl, um, and it kind of put a damper on everything. And so uh, doing a lot of tweeting and uh, emailing back and forth with the DL uh, that night and the next morning, and uh, just not exactly uh, the best way to start off a Labor Day weekend. Got that right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mr. Speed Talker there, John. <clears throat> oh, hi. <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, like, like uh, Tim was saying, man, it's, it, the link is just like, it's just insane right now. I've got so much stuff going on um, and a lot of voice. That's the, I think, the biggest takeaway for right now for me is like, like you know, all of a sudden, everyone wants to do a link voice and not just, you know, small environments. I'm deploying, um, you know, many, many, many much seats these days. And uh, so it's good stuff. Um, uh, you know, and, and things worked well until, yeah, like as we were saying, uh, Friday night. And again, you know, probably the best time. You, you, it's safe to assume that Friday night I'm getting pretty wrecked. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty snarky <laughs> at about three I was up until three o'clock in the morning if you guys on the, on the DL going back and forth and just laying down a lot of snark. So, you know, poor timing choice to send the email out at that time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, so that covers our introductions. And so let's talk about this email. So, uh, one o'clock a.m. Yesterday morning, Saturday morning, um, an email was sent out by Shelby Grieve, uh, who is uh, a PM for uh, a developer and platform evangelism, whatever the heck that means, basically saying that the MCM, MCSM, and MCA programs were being uh, terminated, um, uh, giving uh, very little time for uh, people who were currently going through the process to kind of finish that process um, some people who have gone through um, the training and need to, to retake an exam or something, they have uh, a little bit of time to kind of finish that. But essentially the demise of the entire program as of October 1st. And um, this came out of, uh, out of nowhere uh, for me, and I think uh, most other people. I don't think anybody really saw this uh, uh, coming. But um, a lot of unhappy people and a lot of people wondering, you know, why is this happening and, and what's – What's going to happen next? So, um, let's let's first talk about what is MCM and MCSM and MCA. So, um, who wants who want, uh, Michael? You you went through the program most recently. So, tell us a little bit about what it was, what your process was. So, okay. Um, so, for the listeners who don't know what the MCSM is, <clears throat> it was is I don't know how to call it right now. The uh, one of the top two uh, tier uh, programs, certification programs that Microsoft offered. Um, basically, it was um, one of the toughest programs uh, they had available on a technical scale um, for a variety of, of products, including Exchange, Link, Directory, uh, AD, uh, and SharePoint, SQL. Um, and although that you could try and get the, the exams done without uh, any training, the highlight of the program was actually the three weeks training that you had in, in Redmond, uh, where you went through um, a very intensive program with a lot of teachers uh, like Brian, um, where you would basically be, for three weeks be submerged in the technology after which you could pass an exam, well, if you studied hard enough. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so 
basically this is the, the entire MCM program and the process of, of through it is much more than only those three weeks prior to to go to uh, to such an event to to go through the program there is a, an entire process of months of months of pre-reading preparing yourself um, entering the program making sure that all your prerequisites match so for me that was actually um, achieving my MCSE for exchange 2013 uh, going through my MCSE 2012 and then trying to pre-read whatever was there uh, was available at the point that I went to to the rotation in June um, and then you go to the rotation, attend three weeks, you try to take the exams, and then after a few weeks you get your grades, whether or not you passed. So uh, basically my situation, I got my results halfway July, I guess it was, maybe by the end of July, and uh, I'm now only merely a month later, um, we get an email telling us, well, thanks uh, for your support and your investments, but we're closing off the certification, and that's about it. So... So long. Thanks for all yeah. the fish. So it, it's 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 disappointing at first. Um, well, and the, the problem is there are many problems. The, the way it was handled is probably the biggest problem. I'm not speculating to why they took the decision. That's a discussion we might be be able to have later on this uh, this podcast. I mean, later today. But um, the, the way we they handled the communication about their decision was just plain wrong. Um, it's, as you said, the email was sent out at 1 a.m. on a Saturday morning, U.S. time. So um, basically, I got it on Saturday morning as well, I guess it was. Um, and you have to wake up to that news, knowing that no one from Microsoft is giving you an answer, uh, something that someone from Microsoft afterwards seemed to have done anyway during the weekend. And yeah, uh, without prior notice, without any good ex ex explanation as to why they took the decision, it's it's overwhelming. Um, and for me, uh, I, I know for sure that on Monday I can go to work and try to explain my employer um, what this means, because even though uh, the, the, the there are huge investments involved, um, and uh, they try to sell me as an MCSM. Um, they try to gain additional value out of it, and now I have to tell them, well, we went through the program. Um, I was away for about three weeks, even a little bit more, um, so that cost you a lot of revenue. And by the way, the program is probably not worth a lot anymore because they're not marketing it anymore. Um, so that's it. I'm sorry, but hey, life goes on. Uh, imagine how that will go with my employer. That's yeah. And go well, ahead. Yeah, I was, no, was going to say, you know, you you mentioned the the investment. It's a huge investment, and yes. um, I, I know we've mentioned it on, on a, a previous episode. But um, I sat down and crunched the numbers. Um, not that I I really needed to. My manager is actually uh, an MCM and an MCA in exchange. And uh, he's been encouraging me to go uh, to a rotation. But I, I did look at the numbers. Um, and, you know, worst case, you're looking at, what, $18,500 for the class. Um, you're looking at three weeks away from your office, uh, so non-billable time. Yeah, yeah not, not billing. Right. Um, and three weeks of travel expenses, airfare, hotel, you know, and, and all that. And... 
I, worst case scenario, I, I came up with a number between fifty-five and sixty thousand um, dollars. When you look at yeah. lost billable time and, and stuff like that, so that's in a the huge US. investment in the U.S. Yes, yeah. if you're international, then there, it's even more. Right. Um, yeah, and just to give you a background too, and I think we probably covered it, but I mean, when, I was in the very first MCM rotation when Greg was still Greg, Greg Taylor was still running it, and you know, day one, you know, it was welcome to the thing. Here's what it's all about, and let's go around the room and get an idea of what this actually costs, you know, in a real tangible way. So he went around and asked everybody in the, in the attendance, was 14 of us, what's your bill rate? You know, assuming if you were, you know, for people who are consultants or even you know, if you weren't, kind of figure out what that what your company does pay you in some you know, capacity. You know, your bill rate times, you know, all that lost revenue for the company plus the expenses plus the tuition. Yeah, and it was over a million and something dollars, including the instructor's time. So, I mean, and, you know, and that was uh, five years ago or whatever. You know, I mean, so it's, it's not to be underestimated how, you know, think of the guys on the podcast right now, what we bill out at. Um, in our day-to-days as our fucker the companies are personally, um, you know, it's a lot, it's not a small investment. It's not a, Hey, sorry, we're going to retire this test now. You know, you, I know you wasted 150 bucks in a pro metric, but you know, it's only 150 bucks. Uh, it's way different than this, uh, than something like that, you know? Well, right. And, and, you know, if, if your company is paying for you to go, that's one thing you're, you're still collecting a salary while you're there. But if you're, well, if you're putting yourself through and that money is coming out of your pocket, it's even worse. Yeah, and there's there's other commitments as well. Uh, I I work for a Microsoft Gold Partner here in San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and um, speaking of which, I'm in the same time zone as Redmond, and I got that email at a little after 10 p.m. I have never gotten an email from Microsoft on anything right. <laughs> that was after business hours. I, I don't know how that happened. But anyway... Um, our company uh, is, uh, like I said, is a Microsoft Gold Partner, and that's our differentiator, is is certifications. So we are in the UC space, and our uh, uh, employees, our engineers, and principal systems architects, all have premium certifications, be it through Cisco or Microsoft. And uh, that's, like I said, our differentiator. That's how we. Uh, set ourselves above our peers in the industry and why we can command the rates that we do. And with uh, this certification going away from the Microsoft side, w- the premier certification now is what, MCSE? Right. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's a joke. And, right. and yeah, it, that's, that's there's also, no, yeah, there's there's nothing to compare. Right, and well, I think that's one of the biggest problems is that is that there's just this giant hole. You know, it's, it's simply become MCM has, has to be the top-tier cert because – the intermediates are so poor, and 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 you know, sorry Microsoft, but you've been saying for years that you're cleaning that up with MCITP, and now you change it back to MCSE. So even from a communication standpoint, everyone told you that's a stupid idea, but you didn't want to listen learning to anything anyone ever ever said. Um, just to give you background, they've asked us repeatedly for the you know we they, they asked us I don't remember if you guys remember how long ago Jeff and, and Andrew, but. Um, uh, how long ago uh, did they ask, oh, yeah, we're going to change the name to MCSM. What do you guys think? We said, no, oh, yeah. stupid. No one knows what MCM is, let alone now you're changing it again. For what? Right. For why? Just because you want another letter? I mean, it's just it's completely asinine. There was, so, a, comment you know, on, there was a comment on the um, Exchange DL about uh, managing uh, marketing impact, and someone said never change the name of the brand. And uh, <laughs> right. I was just thinking about Coca-Cola. When Coca-Cola really messed up and reverted back to the original brand, they didn't call it something else. They still called it Coca-Cola. Um, I think Microsoft Learning messed up by changing the name. I think they messed up by changing it back. Everyone knows it by its old name. And now they've got this little triangle graphic on their website. And um, there's a little cross through the top bit. Um, 
because there's nothing. I can download the answers if I wanted to. I never have, but I could download the answers if I wanted to and go and do all the MCSE exams I could ever want. It, it means nothing. Um, right. MCSM, there was never a chance of downloading the right. questions. Right. I, and Jeff, I had, oh, oh, sorry, I was just going to make a comment on Jeff. Um, you know, you made the comment that your, your company uses the MCM uh, credential to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. But Microsoft does that as well. I mean, like I said, I was in partner planning meetings last weekend in Seattle, and they stressed, I don't know how many times the MCM certification came up and how much they stressed us investing in it, getting it, uh, hiring people, because they do two things with it, at least that was the viewpoint of the people in the room, was that, for one thing, it shows commitment of the partner in, in the technology. So they know that they know how much it's worth. They know how much you're investing as a company to send your people to MCM training. So mm. it definitely shows a commitment of the partner back to Microsoft. But Microsoft also uses it to differentiate partners in the in the field too. I mean, they know that they if if somebody asks them, they can recommend a partner with MCMs on staff, and they have pretty good confidence that they're going to get a, a well deployed solution. Right, and um, that that has happened even in my most recent one. Uh, I, we're partnering with Microsoft. Uh, we're, Microsoft is actually our employer for this uh, per, this engagement, where a large company has engaged Microsoft uh, for a solution. Microsoft is basically using us as a partnership to kind of sub it out, and we're doing the work for Microsoft. And they know that we are a gold partner, and we're not playing like we're we are Microsoft. But this is an example of that. You know, they came to us because we have the expertise to do it. And well, I'm an intended back, consultant, and I get phone calls from Microsoft. I'm not exactly, a gold right. partner. You have to have two MCPs in your company to be um, a silver partner, and I think four right. to be a gold partner. So there's no chance that I can ever be a silver or gold because it's just me as the employee. Yeah. But I get phone calls from Microsoft saying, well, "Can you have, help this customer?" Have your wife well, do I, some brain dumps. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, again, along well, those lines, how many how many partnerships? Right, we just talk, we just touched on it. How many how many partnerships are based on you having one or more MCMs? So so MSL uh, pulls the plug on this without actually really thinking this through. That they're rippling. So how, you know, did the partner community say, "Oh yeah, we're going to realign all of our partner offerings now and levels because you guys changed this cert, which was based on it." It's just it's it's insane. Yeah. Well, this is the. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I wanted to say, going back to the investment uh, comment, um, even if you are working for a company that is uh, paying the bill for you going, which I happen to be one of them because this is important to our company, um, I still had to sign an agreement that says that I'm going to continue to work for that company for two years so that they can get their investment back, right? And I make personal investments as well where I'm investing my time after hours, after doing, you know, 10-hour day of, of, uh, of engineering or consulting, that I got to sit and read, you know, the documentation and pour through everything to prepare for these types of exams because I, I know what's involved. Even before I went to my first one, because we have so many MCMs on staff, they said, you know, your day is – going to start when you wake up, it's going to end when you go to sleep, and you're going to be doing nothing but exchange, just preparing to get to this. Yeah, you're, you're essentially offline during that entire yeah. time. That's time away from your family as well, not Even, to mention yeah. you know, yeah, all the time that, that you said. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jeff, like you Sorry, said, you know, the, the late nights where you're, you're reading stuff, you're building labs, all that stuff, that's even more time away from your family. Right. Exactly. And 
And Microsoft said that one of the reasons why they were going to cancel this program, and I know I'm one of the instructors and I've taught on it, and, but I knew nothing about this coming either. Uh, one of the reasons they gave was the high barrier to entry. But there's no barrier to entry to MCSE. MCSE. The high barrier to entry for MCSM meant that only the people that were good enough tried yeah. it. And I've, I've taught lots and lots of people in the MCSM classes and, our, and the MCM classes before that. And I could tell from the class who would cut the mustard and who wouldn't on the exam. Um, there are people who would involve themselves in wanting to learn and understand who came with the pre-reading. Um, the, the, yes, there was a high barrier. It was costly to do. But actually, if you worked out the three weeks worth of training at the level you got, it wasn't that expensive. Um, right. It would cost you much the same to go and get three weeks worth of training at a learning partner. Um, but there were people who went ready to pass. There were people who went who weren't. Yeah. Hey, Brian, this is Andrew. I, I, I remember from my first ro rotation, I thought I was kind of annoying you because I kept quoting your blog because I was doing all the pre <laughs> You are annoying, though, but so that, you're, you're right in the assessment. Thank <laughs> you. Right. Uh, uh, but one thing I was going to call out from you know the, my employer, Dell, is I think we're probably one of the largest negatively impacted on this uh, from just your number of MCMs employed currently. Uh, I mean, it hits us from two fronts. We have our Dell Consulting Group, which you might, you know, compare to MCS at Microsoft, and then we have uh, the Pro Support Group. I mean, our our consulting group, I, I can just randomly probably name seven or eight Exchange and Link MCMs in the group, but there are many occasions where customers would ask for, you know, I want a Ranger, I want an MCM, I, uh, and, and and just about all of them are either practice leads or in some type of authoritative position in the org because we, we've learned over time they provide the best uh, expertise in their area in the, in their field right um, and in the in the pro support organization this this is where it really hits us hard and this is a, my this is the area I work in specifically I am fortunate enough to work with I think the number is six different MCMs a SQL MCM an AD MCM um, three other exchange MCMs and we market that heavily. That, that's a that's a big that's a huge part of how we market pro support contracts to customers when they buy our, our servers and solutions. We can say we have these people on the back end. If 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 it gets escalated, they can come in and resolve your issue faster than uh, faster than 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 a normal uh, you know record engineer, right? Uh, we actually initially, Jedediah Hammond, he was the first uh, MCM from our group. Um, we Exchange was one of our highest, uh, it was one of our highest call volumes. And it was es being escalated more than any other product. As soon as he went and got his MCM, the process of studying for it after coming back from it, um, and then him bringing that knowledge back to the organization, cut down on our escalations dramatically. And I mean, we, we've gone through these similar programs. Uh, well, we have gone through these types of certification, these programs with other technologies. I mean, we have several Red Hat architects. We have one uh, VCDX, which is kind of VMware's uh, take on MCA. Um, several Citrix architects, and we we use every single one of those uh, for marketing purposes. There's a whole wall if you go into the building I work in with all these certs and. And purely for marketing purposes. So th this is going to hit us really hard. Yeah, I mean, and just to give us a background, too, like, uh, you touched on Jedi. So, I mean, and, and I think, you know, we, uh, Devin uh, on the DL, on the Exchange DL, uh, a long, long time ago kind of put it, 
um, best. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trust level. So to give you a background, so uh, I was in the very first MCM rotation in, 2000, in 2008 when you know switched over from the old Ranger program. Um, Brian, you were trained to be an instructor back then, right? In that rotation. And Chad, I was in that rotation with me, um, and you know we talk and uh, ever since then, you know all the time. And so now as time goes on, he's got new guys that, that you know he works with, like Andrew and Ron, he um, that have gone through. And now you know, so like you know, it's, 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 you pick up this new uh, and expand this group of, of friends and um, you know people you trust. It's, you know, it comes up to trust level. I I might not have been in rotation with you, but I know somebody who did. Or somebody that vouches for you, and it's sort of like, okay, this guy's solid. He knows what he's doing. And not to say that people haven't been through it. There's plenty of guys out there that are really solid guys that, that, that care less and don't want to get this kind of level of training. And that's fine. I mean, it, it, there's plenty of solid guys that, 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 that don't go to the MCM. And I probably argue there's guys that haven't been through the program that, like, like myself, aren't really that good. So, you know, <laughs> it works both ways, I guess, right? But, but uh, for me, it, it's the social aspect of it in, in some ways that is important. The networking aspect, the, the camaraderie. Um, and I always compare it to... To, uh, I was in the Marines, and you know, to me, it's a, it was just the most similar type of thing going to boot camp as you ever will do in your life, um, going through one of those rotations with these guys. So, you know, why Andrew likes the Alban Brothers, I still have no idea. But <laughs> well, one of the things that uh, you kind of alluded to there, John, is that uh, it's it's much more than just training. It's community. It's it's uh, I think the one of the largest values out of it besides the training itself is, is the DL. It's a distribution list, the private DL that uh, we are members of once we become MCM, MCSM. And uh, I am uh, very concerned that that distribution list is going to go away. And from there, we had access to really smart folks like Brian and uh, the, the product group, Ross, and others, where if you asked a question, you might get an answer from the developer who wrote that section of code who says, yeah, that's the way it works. And, and as well and as and getting just, answers from the developers, um, the product group gave us stuff to try out. We, we got things like the um, storage calculator, or whatever it's currently called, yeah, yeah, uh, months in advance. Yeah. Yeah. The the DL was more than right. just uh, community. It was it was access to the, the product group. Right. And, and, and slowly and they took that away. Yeah. If we don't have a program, you don't have an um, an NDA. That's gone. Right. I I think it's really important to call back one of the original reasons that uh, that Ranger and then MCM was formed. And maybe you know John, Brian, some some of the people who've been involved in the program longer than me can comment on it. But originally it was. You know, it was made by a product group because they just wanted the best out there in the field to deploy their product because Exchange was just killing uh, their support lines, right? Yes. Right, yeah. It yes. was uh, they, they were getting so many crit sets um, because of Exchange and the changing changes. It was mostly around the 2000 time frame, right? Um, and um, they decided to put together a group so you know the most intense training by the product group themselves to have people out there that could not only support it themselves better, but also plant these seeds, like like we were saying with, with like in, in your case with Jedi. I mean, Jedi would go back and teach his team and make tests, you know, for his team, to, and they would like sort of have to test out with him to prove that they're even eligible to go, you know, uh, in the first place, which is hugely, you know, but you get, you get all these guys out there that are all, um, you know, evangelizing this, the, 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 uh, the training, but also getting people prepared for it, so same kind of thing, you know. Um, all these guys could teach other guys to... to to help support the product better. Yeah, and you know and they, when they well, when when they um, when they released the program as Ranger, it was six weeks long, um, and it was designed to make consultants as well. 
It, it wasn't just um, I can fix exchange. It was right. um, to solve the business problems and to work out what the customer needed and to solve it as well. It, it wasn't just um, a technical fix. Um, and over the years, that got shortened and it became a bit more technical, mainly because it cost money for customers to send them on it and and yeah you could become consultant skills and um that there are other techniques of of learning to be a good consultant on job experience and so on so uh, just learning about exchange in three weeks um which isn't actually possible there's too much to exchange to learn in three weeks but we had to keep it down to three weeks um i regularly used to keep my students till 10 o'clock at night because there was so much to teach um, oh yeah i remember oh, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and everyone else has heard that and that was just teaching and training. then the labs went until two or three in the morning so yeah i've gone to bed by then um, hey, and, hey brown what's the most important role again transport's <laughs> the most important role even though there isn't a transport role um no male would get around if you didn't have transport right. and, and according to greg kaz was the thinking man's role right that's right that's right that's yeah right. and 80 had it was something to do with triangles and, and, and John, John, you mentioned you know that um, Jedi would go back and and kind of quiz people and make sure that they were ready. You know, getting into this isn't isn't easy. You can't you can't be green out of you know um, out of high school or out of college and just walk into uh, MCM training. I mean, there's there's a considerable amount of pre reading that needs to be done. Uh, you need to submit some documentation ahead of time, like a design doc that shows that you have some experience and that you're not completely off the rails already. Um, and, and you basically need to know everything. You need to read all the tech net. You need to read, you know, the entire chum file. There's there are books and white papers and stuff like that. So even with just the prep alone, you're increasing your skill set and your knowledge of the of the project or the product. And then you go in and realize you basically don't know anything because they just fill your brain for three weeks of of information until it's coming out of your ears. Um, and, and I can I can tell you, you know. Um, someone mentioned about um, you know the the uh, DL that you guys are on. Um, I can I can tell you working with an MCM that in the few times when our MCM hasn't been able to figure something out, a quick email to that DL got an answer. And and sometimes it was the person who owned that particular process. Sometimes it was somebody else who's seen the same issue before. But you know just the time to resolution just shrank so much. Andrew, you mentioned that too. That um, the customer was a lot happier and said, oh, okay, you know, now I'm starting to even see more and more of the benefit of a Ranger or MCM or whatever they want to call it. So even if they didn't understand the, the program before we became engaged, they certainly appreciated after the fact. Uh, you know, one reason I wanted to bring up the original intent of the program is that, and I know program for our product group doesn't uh, own it anymore, but they're actually hurting the product if you think about it long term. Right now is the time when Microsoft, more than any other time, needs people out there who know how to get customers to the cloud, right? We've all kind of seen that it's cloud or bust now, right? If you're, sadly, it seems if you're an on-prem customer, you're a second-class citizen, right? Well, now is the time if if they want customers going to the cloud, they need more individuals out there who are going to not only be advocates for the product, but also have in-depth training on it. I know now, uh, at least in the past couple of years, MCM has included three days of, of deep dive Office 365 training. Um, and, I mean, that's another aspect that's going, that's going away. I mean, it's, I'm not saying there are people who, who don't know how to perform those functions, but they're, they're really alienating a core group of people here and preventing additional people who want to go through MCM from getting that type of training and that type of inside knowledge. 
Well, and that's a really good point too, because I mean, some of the, I mean, they didn't implicitly say it, but but you know, even along with the lines of the tech net uh, subscription change, you know, the the you know the IT market, you know, IT learning marketplace is, is shifting, whatever realities, right? So are they? You know, it, I always take that to mean, yeah, well, no one's going to be having anything on prem anymore, so why do you need guys who are trained on prem? But a, they refuse to get through their heads, quite honestly, that that's not happening. That 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 all companies are not going to go inevitably to the cloud. And that's just you know uh, uh, game over, game over. Quit quit pretending it's not going to happen. It quite simply is not happening, and I don't think it's ever going to happen for some companies. Or not all, all in cloud, no on prem at all. A hybrid solution makes more sense for blood. And with and all the NSA stuff recently, there's people in Europe who are like, I'm not giving my stuff yeah. to an American company. Right. Yeah. Right. That's you that's know, what we're outside seeing. Outside of America, this is a big killer for cloud-based solutions but for those companies that will go cloud as john says it's not just a go to the portal click a link verify your domain name and you're done um your business exactly. has to work all the I way have. through the migration and at the end of it you need to know as a consultant how to solve that problem without causing the business downtime and only people with experience can do that well and only people with um really good experience of are the people that go on the training because they want to know more. They want to know what's not in TechNet or where TechNet's wrong. Um, and they want to be able to learn it from um, exempting myself from the list. The, the instructors that come from Microsoft who teach this are the guys inside Microsoft who know how it works. And um, I just hang around the edges and, and learn some stuff and teach it. Um, but there are some guys on, on that program who um, wrote the specs for the product. Three yeah, of the four projects I'm working on right now are, are large moving to the cloud projects. And one is an Exchange 2013 on-prem. And uh, they are very complex. These are companies that are uh, in, the, in the process and have been for a long time in the process of doing mail mergers between two companies that they purchased or more. Um, there, there's a lot of aspects. And then some of them are very simple. They could... You know, even even simply going to the cloud and, and doing AD federation to, for single sign-on or simple sign-on is is quite complex to to do. And um, you know, it's these classes and this uh, expertise that we can lean on that helps us get through the little pitfalls that we run across. Yeah, and and I can really testify to that because the past year, I think most of my projects were Office 365 related, and um, I, I've had a fair share of problems. And the, the thing is that moving to the cloud doesn't mean that you're just doing uh, hocus pocus and and it works. It's not clicking a button. There is still the Exchange component involved, and whether you like it or not. Um, Sometimes things just don't work the way they are expected to work. And the better you understand both sides, and I mean the on-prem side for one, but also what's happening at the other side, the easier get you get through the process and help the customer. Um, it, I was just back from the rotation, and I was assigned a task for a customer who was moving to Office 365, and I was basically on call for them. They, they called me six, seven times, and every single time I was able to lean back to uh, on what I've learned through the three weeks and what I've been doing the year before to get them moving. And for them, that was a great experience. That's what they said afterwards. They were very thankful that they had someone to go to and actually do that um, because with all due respect, they weren't even able to rely on Microsoft to do that for them because Microsoft didn't have anyone available at that time. So it's very valuable that people like us, you know, the consultants um, who are outside working with the product are able to get that in-depth knowledge. And um, it's not only from 
a point of view of moving to the cloud, but also resolving and bringing into the light issues that might exist. I know for uh, for a case that uh, we're working on right now, and and Steve uh, Steve Goodman has the same issue that we were facing, that we were talking to um, to each other about, and by means of the community that we have through the program, um, the MCSM program, or even the MVP program for what it's worth, we could go to the product group and actually say, hey, we are seeing this at multiple locations. Is this something that should happen? And so you've got that interaction with, which helps both sides, not only us, but it also helps Microsoft. And it's it feels like they're ripping that away because one of the things they're planning on doing, at least that's what the email said, is, well, they're going to throw us in a big community or something like that, which is great because having a big community means that you can talk to each other. But that also means that we'll probably lose the inside information, the in the direct line into Microsoft, and that's what makes it very, very valuable. Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely be losing that NDA connection where we can get answers to something about a product that is coexisting with Exchange and say, hey, that doesn't work. Or we've, you know, we, we get inside information about something that's broken, even from Microsoft, that they're not allowed to say yet because it hasn't gone through legal. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to get an answer quick and not have to raise a PSS case to maybe get the same information indirectly is just, that's entirely invaluable. And uh, I will really miss that if we if we lose that connection. One thing that's not been mentioned on here uh, as well is um, all of us, I think, yeah, all of us don't work for Microsoft. A lot of the people that go through the MCM, MCSM program are Microsoft employees. Um, there are times in a year, depending on Microsoft's fiscal calendar, when most of the people on the class were internal Microsoft. And some of them would know what I was talking about or the other instructors were talking about. But for some of them, um, stuff that was covered was new to them because it was just so in-depth, even though they worked for um, Microsoft. It was one of my marketing taglines to say, I teach Microsoft Microsoft. And um, that, that happens. And although <laughs> the, community, that. <laughs> <laughs> the community will involve um, Microsoft employees as well, uh, or people who were Microsoft employees at some point over time, maybe maybe not anymore, but are at the moment. And um, there's still a possible line unofficially into Microsoft, but to have a certification program that stops at 30 days' notice, um, no notice to the people involved in it. I spent six months at the end of last year and this year um, updating my 2010 content to 2013, uh, learning it to a stupidly detailed depth so I understood it so I could teach it, so that when I was asked a question, I could answer it. Because I'd already been there, I'd already worked out how the product worked. Um, yeah, you, so I have to go and do some real work. Yeah, this, Tim, uh, yeah, you make a good point about Microsoft employees being in the MCM training as well. I know in the link, uh, my rotation was half and half partners in Microsoft. And my, the link group actually has a team called the Center of Excellence. And it was actually in their performance goals to get link MCM uh, training or, or the certification. So... You know that's how that group set themselves apart as well. So it's yeah. it's affecting. Who are the guys in there now? Uh, we're in my rotation for Link, uh, Brian yeah. and Cornel. So I mean, you know, and, and and they were outside people, and they went through the, the process, got their MCMs, and you know, I don't know how much longer, but but Brian's case, it wasn't very much longer later, and he's already he's in the ECOE, which is, you know, pretty impressive. And now he's teaching the the course as well. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a way that Microsoft differentiates their employees as well, the incident training. I mean, to me, this wasn't a very well, obviously a very well thought out um, situation, but do we do we think it's, we talked a lot about the cloud, do we think it's really the cloud, or do we really think it's all about money? Because you know Microsoft was losing a ton of money on this program, so was it just an easy money call well, for them, or was it I, something else? I think it was, I think it's a money call. Um, it's been losing money since the beginning. It was never intended to make money. Right. Um, I don't think it ever was an intention. However, there has been a, you know, in the last three months, a big shakeup in Microsoft learning. And when, you know, John was talking about the, the Ranger program as it first existed. That was owned by the product group. Right. That was a program. Then when uh, MSL took it over for uh, uh, the exchange group, and I don't really know the mechanics there. I don't know if that was an offer because it was too uh, hard to keep the program up or, or what the issue was, but MSL took it over and it became a product. Products have to make money. And uh, with the latest uh, change in management, uh, Tim Sneath is, is uh, taking the, uh, the lead here saying it was his decision and uh, he to cancel the program, and it's in quite contrast in a number of uh, aspects to what was sent in the email that came out to all of us. Uh, for example, he was saying they're pausing the program, they're taking a breather, where it was quite clear in our emails that it's being canceled. Um, there's a lot of information there that, that is uh, we're hoping to get some clarity on. But, uh, you know, I, my opinion is that somebody came in and said, hey, can, where can we cut costs? Look at this. It's right, an easy call. Hole in our books. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy call. If we cut this, we can cut so many positions that are eight fully nine, loaded. I believe it is. There's eight or yeah. nine people that will lose yeah. their job over this. Yeah, and uh, that's just a line item. You know? The thing that I'm wondering, actually, is it's, it's definitely a cost thing. Um, you could see that in the first email, and you could even see that in Tim's res uh, response because he actually said, well, we're, it loses us a lot of money. Um, so from that point of view, uh, yeah, it's it's a business decision, and um, from a company's point of view who needs to make profit, it's an understandable choice. But what I wonder is, is how well thought this decision was, uh, even though it was badly handled uh, all the way. Um, did they even think about the impact of cancelling the program outside of Microsoft Learning? Um, because what they did doesn't only impact Microsoft Learning. Uh, it has an impact on the Exchange team, on the SharePoint team, SQL team, and so on and so on. It has an impact on the partner program, as we talked before. And I'm just wondering, killing off the program like this or doing that to the program, doesn't it generate a lot more costs elsewhere, uh, which might not be their profit center, so they might not be impacted directly, but overall, wouldn't that cause them much more damage, even from a PR point of view. So that, that's one thing that keeps me busy. And another thing that keeps me busy is actually, where the hell is MS Learning going to? I'm, uh, I'm an MCT. Uh, for a few years, I have been. I'm working for a learning partner. And every single decision that Microsoft Learning has taken over the past two years were, with all due respe respect, stupid and let nowhere <laughs> they really let nowhere the quality of the trainings is just poor we have you taken a look at the mcsa mcse trainings with all due respect i have to teach them and they're garbage i usually take half of the stuff out and then 
You know, I, I reuse what I've learned uh, and what I've learned through the program, the MCSM program, to build better courses just because Microsoft Learning doesn't listen. They keep on saying, well, we'll release them earlier and we'll do better jobs at creating content. Well, if they think that they're doing good by just selling more uh, um, official courses, then they're dead wrong. I'm very sorry, but I don't think they are in touch with what customers and learning partners are actually experiencing in the field. I've been an MCT for 18 years. No, a bit less than that. Maybe I'm making myself a bit too old. Um, <laughs> 16 years. And um, I'm wondering if I bother renewing my subscription. Um, I used to renew it because I got free TechNet. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I to teach MCSM. Um, MCSM. Um, I, I, don't, I choose not to teach mock material because it's embarrassing to teach it. You get asked questions. So in the book, it says this. And it's like, well, the book's wrong. Yeah, you know it's wrong, and it's, it's <laughs> and, and it's not only that. You know, it's, it's it's good that you that you're questioning whether or not you should renew because back in the days um, when you had when you wanted to become an MCT, you had to prove that you were able to teach. You were you had to either prove that you had a, a degree in teaching, whatever there is, or that you have taught before, and uh, you actually had to show that you were capable of teaching those courses. Nowadays, with all due respect, you just pay the fee and you're an MCT. And I, I don't like that. That's purely to gain more traction and get more MCTs, which obviously is, is, is working because there are more MCTs than there used to be. But does that actually improve overall quality? And I'm not only talking about the courses being taught, I'm talking end-to-end, -end, the entire process, the, the courses, the, the content, and, ah, sorry. More MCTs doesn't mean better courses. Yeah. Right, right. It doesn't improve the content, and, of course, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning, the tests are trivial at, at best, I think. Yeah. So, so like, if you know the new the... marketing stuff, if you know the new features, and you know the obscure yep. situations that are designed to prove those features, then you'll pass the exam. Um, MCSM was never that. MCSM was grounded in business need and desire. And, and sure, we'd put the new stuff in because you had to learn the new stuff to a, a detailed depth. But, um, you know, for example, in I know transport best, but in transport, we would spend half a day doing transport high availability and shadow redundancy and safety net. And that training, um, I don't know where it's going to exist anymore. Um, if you yeah. wanted to do a disaster recovery on exchange for an enterprise customer, Exchange has the features to recover email to the point of loss um, and email in delivery and email just delivered. But if you don't know how to recover it and there's no documentation on it, but it was in the MCSM training, the experts will be able to pull it back. But that training doesn't exist now. Um, the people who might get that training are internal Microsoft employees. Maybe that's what the plan is. Internal Microsoft employees to replace um, yeah, partner experts. But as you said, Brian, half the, the uh, attendees of the MCSM programs were Microsoft employees. Where are they going to learn it? Uh, probably internal courses, but I've, you know, internal courses are, depending on the point in the product cycle, yeah. are introductory or brief. Uh, they get more details as the product goes on, but isn't the plan to have annual product updates yeah so so the question then becomes if it's if it's not a moneymaker for microsoft and I, I realize it it never was intended to from the beginning and evidently those people are not talking to the people that are managing it nowadays um that kind of training is never going to be available because if microsoft can't make it profitable no one else is going to be able to make it profitable at least you know not without changing it so much that it's not going to be anything like it is now 
Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I just don't see that being available. And and that's sad. I mean, you know, uh, Tim, you mentioned that you have a colleague that was already approved for the November rotation, and now that that's being canceled. I had my application in, and and you know now I can't go. And so yeah. it you know it's it's something that people aspire to. Somebody who's who really wants to go that extra mile and be you know the the best of the best at their organization or use it to be the best of of the best at some other organization in the future, um, you know, now loses that opportunity. And, and the amount of information that is available to learn the product um, is, is never going to be all inclusive in one common set of books or on one website, or, you know, no one's ever going to be able to go and read everything about transport that Brian teaches um, and get all the information in, in one place that kind of makes the most sense and, and can get, you know, two-way feedback and uh, and things like that. that. That's just not – I don't see that happening. Maybe I should yeah. write more on my blog. Yeah, I really feel bad. <laughs> there you go. And you're right. I really feel bad for the guy because, you know, we talk about the time investment, you know, just in preparation, and he's been doing that. I mean, yeah. we've been working on talking about it for over a year now. I guess ever since I went to mine, I'm like, you got to go next. And um, – you know, he's just been spending countless hours in the last six months preparing. He finally gets all of his prereqs done. He puts in his application. He actually spends the $18,000 registration fee. Uh, and then a week later, he gets an email saying, oh, we canceled your rotation and we'll refund you the money. That's all he got. I know people who have books flights, um, non-refundable, because, of course, that's the cheapest way right. of doing it. I know people who, um, someone on the exchange alias today said that their their wife had uh, rescheduled her October shift patterns so that uh, her husband could go on the training, and and it's that week has been pulled. Yeah, okay. and you know, no Chris, oh, go ahead, Brian. No, I'm done. I, I was no, going to say, Tim, uh, you know, the the fact that that person did all that prep that that's not a loss. I mean, obviously, that's knowledge gained, but. Yeah, oh, obviously, it, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely heartbreaking to you know be so close to being able to do that and and not be able to go through it. Now, now the question is, what about those people that have gone through rotations previously, didn't pass the qual lab or the written or both, and have been studying to retake those? I mean, the option yeah, is, yeah, you you essentially have less than a month now to to retake those. Or to get a cert that that isn't valid anymore. Worthless. <laughs> right, right. But then you know, pass. You know, in in twenty nine days or thirty days or whatever it is, um, uh, you'll never have that chance again to 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 finish what you started and get that sense of accomplishment. And and yeah, it, obviously the the certification is not going to be uh, available after uh, after October first. But those people that have it will always have it. Yes. You know, and, and let me ask. Do, go ahead. Let me let me ask that. Uh, we we've been told that we are going to keep our MCMs and MCSM uh, certifications. How valuable is that? I mean, I see it as a short term value. Uh, yeah. Reasonably. Yeah. Yeah. It as long as it gets replaced with. Yeah. Tim's uh, email it said it was on pause, and they were planning something else. Right. And really, they shouldn't have canned this program until no. whatever's next. Well, they did that, that reinvention. They did that reinvention of MCM changed to MCSM, right? And then uh, they kind of reinvented the program at that time. But they did a transition. They didn't pause it and say or or cancel it and say no. we're going to come out with something else. And that was based on um, product versions as well. Yeah. You know, right. if if 
you want to cancel a program that's based on Exchange Link, etc., 2013, mm-hmm. wait till Exchange Link, etc., 2013 is not the primary product. Um, don't pull it in the middle two months, three deliveries into it. You know, it should have been canned before it was 2013, but yeah. two months ago, they yeah. were um, telling us how they were extending the number of centers that you could take the exam at. Um, it seems that one bit of MSL right. has not been talking to another bit of MSL. Some bit, people have been doing some work and other people have been deciding to get rid of their jobs. Um, yeah. Well, I think it is short term, but you know, one thing we haven't talked about, we've talked about the IT Pro angle, we've talked about the Microsoft angle, but you know, actually the marketing has penetrated into the customer as well. Customers are recognizing the cert, and I've actually been in several RFPs as of late that they're requiring a master level type uh, engineer to design their solution. So customers are now re- have come to the point where they recognize the certification as well, and they realize the value of it, you know, even though they're not a consulting firm or Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, and then we talked about, you know, just back to the, the kind of, uh, you know, I, the, the sadness I feel for the guys who just in the last rotation who just got finished. Uh, Michael, obviously, yeah. one of them. And, you know, the time you spent, and, and, and we were talking because I was getting ready for my rotation, the, the beta before yours. And, you know, I know you've been studying for months for this. I was studying for months for this. And, you know, it's one thing, you know, I, got, you know, I still have my one from years ago, yet be. But, you you know, for the people who, this, they've been preparing and wanting this so bad for so long and have the rug pulled out, it's just so. You know, it's just so wrong on every level. I just can't. Yeah. People are just shocked. It's like so ridiculous that they would do this to somebody that just went through the last rotation. I, you know, uh, I, you know, and again, and then along those lines, I mean, in, in some ways, uh, I don't know, again, I don't know in, in a million lines of NDA and whatever, and, and uh, you love that we signed when we signed up to the program, what rights we have. But I mean, I would, I would argue that, that this is almost criminal um, and certainly violated some sort of, certainly trust. Um, with us, um, and again, with the amount of money we're talking, it's simply unacceptable. You know, you know, if you bought a car and then two weeks later the car company folded and said, "Sorry, no warranty," you'd be furious, and I'm sure there'd be legal action, right? So, um, um, I just think it's disgusting, quite honestly, what they what they point, especially in the light of you know the guys who just went through rotation. If there hadn't been rotation, they stopped scheduling, and we didn't know why for six months. And then they came out. All right, you know, at least nobody was waiting, like you said, with tickets booked and and all of these life plans changed. And all those months of, of preparation uh, gone into it, you know, if they killed it at that point, well, you know, it would be it'd still suck. But this is just wrong, you know. So yeah. that's another reason I think it's a it's a money decision made by people who are new to the the uh, um, MSL. Right. Stop you the know. bleed. Right yeah, now. yeah. They just I'm yeah, uh, yeah. This is, this is an easy win for me. Right. You know? Right. I, this quarter, so, I saved two million dollars. Exactly. All those this is what this is what bothered me so much about the initial uh, message to us. They were basically saying because of you know, paraphrasing, because of changes in the industry, we feel it's effectively no longer needed. I took a big issue with that because that does devalue its marketing potential going forward. But then the guy who killed it, his follow up, I could at least somewhat agree with. He was saying that they they wanted to reach the masses and they couldn't without watering down the program. I may not agree with it, but I can somewhat respect that opinion. I don't think it should have been sent to the masses because it, it really is overkill for an admin, right? It's there for right. consultants, PFE-type people. Uh, it, it's overkill. It, it's the PhD or master's equivalent, if you think about it. I mean, I know a lot of people on this call who are MCMs could maybe give some numbers here, but I know personally I've, I've seen about a 25% income increase after I've become an MCM. Not just 100%. Yeah. 
Exactly, right? So if you look at how much people pay for a master's degree or a PhD, I would say in the IT field, this is one of the biggest returns on investment you could make. So I don't buy this, well, it's it's 18 grand, so, you know, it's never That's people. That's a barrier. Yeah. There right. were lots of people who paid for themselves to go on the MCM rotations. Um, right. I, it was not exclusively sponsored by big business. Oh, I believe you did that uh, yourself, you right, Michael? <laughs> Yeah, so, Mike. Yeah, and yeah. Sorry, um, to, to jump in. Uh, in, in. Indeed, it's as you said. There is. There is not only the the companies that gain value from it. It's as a a person as well. Um, for um, yeah, you know, go and negotiate a better uh, better income. Um, but even though that's not the main point why you're why you're doing it, um, or maybe you are. But not nonetheless, whatever reasons there are, um, it's it's. John, you just said it, you know, and I feel sorry for myself in, in, in a way, but I feel even more sorry about the guys that were in my rotation and that still have to, to go through their exams. Um, that in the U.S., obviously, the MCM and MCSM is, is well known or better known than over here over in Europe, but we're seeing some traction. We're seeing getting it improved in the market, and um, we're actually actively going to customers and telling them, hey, you know, it's an MCSM. Um, it's you know you don't find many MCSM in Belgium. There are only like two or three, um, which gives a lot of value. But now imagine you know you have to go to a customer, you have to tell them well he's an MCM. The program doesn't exist anymore. Uh, they didn't believe in it, but you should. It it it, it just doesn't add up. Um, and I don't know what what's going to happen in a year or in two years in five years, but. If I have to go to another employer for whatever reason, and and I'm going to talk to him, and I'm saying, well, I went through the program, so you can they can testify to the fact that I'm very knowledgeable about the product, yada yada, and I'm very persistent in what I do. But he can still say, well, okay, great, but what's the value for me? That it doesn't exist anymore. It cannot market it anymore. So, um, I think there was just a guy who replied on the votes over on the Connect website who literally said that he got sacked because of this decision. He just lost his job because of the decision that Microsoft Learning made. And that's something that I I can see happening for some other people as well. They were hired because they were an MCM and they had a great value. And they as a person still have the value because they still have the knowledge. But their market value from a financial point of view is just not the same anymore. And that's what aggravates everything. It, it just pisses me off sorry no and, and it's a good point too and we, we started touching on it earlier one of the other problems was um when they decided to decouple the training from the testing which we all had a i mean i personally had a shit fit about it i think it was a again another one of those boneheaded moves they asked us what we thought we said you're an idiot and and don't do it because you're gonna you're gonna ruin the program and they did it anyway and not only has it been pretty much a waste of time has anyone even passed it yet i don't know i think maybe there's a handful but I, it's very small numbers right um, but the other thing was they talked about, okay, fine. If you want to decouple the training, then why, if I'm, if I'm a group, so, you know, if I want us to, me and Michael, uh, and two other guys who all have MCMs want to make our own training company and, 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 you know, and do a boot, our own boot camp like thousands of other training companies around the world do every day for the, for the MCSE, uh, type, type tests, um, for MCM, why can't we do that? So if you killed the program, why won't you let us do that now? You know, well, because it would cost you more to run it. If yeah, they're making well, a loss, then it's worth, right? Um, it would, I would have to. You would have to charge more than twenty thousand. Would have to put a barrier to entry in that, that Microsoft's trying well, to get rid of. 
Well, but the the the, the difference there, you got is, there is an option, right? Yeah, if a company could do it, uh, let, let's say a, a a national company. Let's just pick the U.S. If a company could do it in the U.S., then they may be able to find a way of doing it in multiple locations to remove some of the travel aspect of it. You know, if somebody's you know uh, spending ten hours a day or twelve hours a day or fourteen or whatever. Uh, you know, driving into a, a location that's not terribly far away, but sleeping in their own bed at night, you know, a company might look at that and say, okay, we don't have to spend for all those travel expenses. So there's, right. you know, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe now we're, we're a little more willing to do that because, you know, the travel expenses was just, you know, put us over the top. I think personally what I think is going to happen is we're going to see some online version of it. And it's going to be something you just log into and attend the classes and submit your questions from, you know, in a threaded forum somewhere. And it's going to be a complete joke because so you're, you're not going to have. Dumps. Yeah, you're going to see brain dumps. You're, you're not yeah. going to have the people teaching the content that are teaching it now. People like Brian, people like Greg, John Rowe, all those guys who, you know, if they don't own that particular piece at, at Microsoft, they're, they're right next to the people that do. And you can't possibly come up with another solution um, that's going to replace that, that's going to be uh, managed by some external company or, or something outside of Microsoft and still get the same benefit. Yeah, and, and there is another problem. Um, although there might be some, some, uh, something to it trying to do or deliver those MCA, MCM courses as a company outside of Microsoft, but you still need to have that inside knowledge of the product in order to be able to deliver it. So I, I don't think that anyone other than Microsoft who is actually able to give that information is able to, to provide such detailed courses. Um, and that's no offense intended, Brian, because I know that you're not Microsoft, but you, you do have a line into Microsoft. And as long as they keep that, then it's viable of, of kind of creating such courses but you need a lot of trainers, experts in their field. You know, there's no one else than Brian who could teach transport like Brian does. Um, there's Which no one else who Brian? could. Oh, I'm sure there are. We well, should, yeah, I should have but... them, yeah. <laughs> well, can, we, can, we, can we buy you for are. a training company? <laughs> uh, would I run a training company? <laughs> I used to work for So, yeah, basically, I don't believe there is much much value in doing so because the costs would be enormous, uh, even if it's only the travel costs, which is about ten percent of the overall cost that gets uh, gets topped off, then it's still very expensive and way too expensive. I think that Microsoft aspired to get to the same numbers as Cisco CCIEs were there are about ten thousand in the, in the world. Um, I think that's their ultimate goal, where they want it to be. And given the numbers that we've seen, uh, only a few hundred, maybe maybe a thousand MCMs um, over the entire community just wasn't enough, just wasn't what they wanted to, to, to reach. But yeah. they didn't market it. Yeah. Yeah. If they right. marketed yeah, exactly. it, they might have got it. Right. Sure. You know, people had no idea what it is. It's only finally now catching on what it actually is. And then they change the name, so it starts over yeah. again. You know, people within Microsoft don't even know what it is. Right, and it's, it's yeah. almost laughable. You know, there, there's something that it's had, uh, MCM has had, for that Rangers had that, that CCI never had, and that was it was the networking aspect of it. I mean, three weeks of ten to you know, fifteen hour days with people. I mean, you build those relationships and those bonds, right? I mean, the only reason I know John Cook was because he went to the rotation with my friend and coworker Jedediah Hammond. And then I, we met at MEC, and then we've been to the beta rotation together. 
all those people, I, mean, I know Jedi said for for years he'll ping, you know, John or someone else if he has some weird issue. I mean, you, you get these little, you know, side groups of people you know and you can trust and you rely on them. And, I mean, there's connections you make that you, you could never make elsewhere. I mean, there's something to be said about being able to email, you know, Greg or John Rowe or Brian, which I've done all three of those, and get an answer <laughs> all the right? time we hear. Yeah, I've got those, <laughs> those guys answer you, right? I mean, that's going to be gone now, right? I mean, at least for future people, I'm sure they're still going to be kind enough to reply to my emails. At least I hope so. They haven't blocked me yet, but uh, but that's just going to that's going away. That was one of the biggest benefits and one of the best uh, marketing tools when you're trying to go to your employer uh, for, for Ranger, right? If I don't know the answer, I can get to someone who does uh, quicker than. You know, it would take three weeks of being on a Microsoft support call before you reach someone who even knows. Decided now I'm, I'm ready to go to a rotation. <laughs> so my boss has been pushing me. I'm going to tell him I'm ready to go. Yeah, well, it's 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 as you said, Tim, uh, Andrew. Um, it, it, I've been, I've just been in recently. I just joined the group a few weeks ago, um, but it. I've, yeah, you know, <laughs> um, trying to find my words here, but the people I have met during the rotation, um, I've, you've spent with those people three weeks for a bigger part of the day, um, let's say about 20 hours a day sometimes. Um, you, you start to know those people. You start to build up friendships. Um, you start to rely on those people. You start emailing those people personally, ping them. It's that part it's actually that entire community feeling the bond that you get with those people it's like going to the military in some way even though it's not a boot camp but it's you go through that same experience and you know what they've been through you know how difficult it was and you gain an immense amount of respect for all those people you have that same respect for everyone who was or already is on that list or already is an mcm and you even get more respect for the ones teaching it so that entire community thing, it's what it's all about. I don't care about the, the money. Um, I don't care about um, um, whether it's marketed well enough. Uh, I do care if it means that the program get, gets carried forward. But I care about that community, the the the. the yeah, you know, the, the fact that you can rely on those people, that's what makes it strong and makes it stronger than any other certification like CCIE from, from Cisco. So, yeah, I, uh, I agree for 100%. Yeah, and yeah, and it, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, to my point, being able to email these guys, this this is kind of why I disagree with Microsoft's uh, learnings motives to, to try to grow it out to those, you know, 10,000 10, worldwide or whatever the number is. It's you just you can't have that, right? You're not going to be able to scale at that level. I I think they should. I mean, how many how many rotations were they working off of a year now, right? Was it like four or five? I mean, didn't it used to be just once a year? You're pretty much going to be spending a year prepping for it anyway. And they had like 30 or 40 people who truly wanted to be there. And I just don't think it's a program that can scale. I mean, they've obviously realized that now. Right. Well, and, it go, and, it, and the same thing. I mean, it, you know, it, in some ways, I, I don't know how it works if, if, if Microsoft Learning is, is the ones that made, that made these calls or what. But, you know, we all have been had to, had to deal with, like, over the years, like, also the, 
sort of like cutting back on the on the if you want to call them perks or you know the access the 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 decision to not allow the 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 training info it's all DRM now not updating the training info per rotation like they used to. I mean you know the, the, the it's not as if the program was pristine and not without many many faults and and you know it, it was increasingly coming apart to be honest from my, in my perspective. Um, so you know, it, it wasn't like it was perfect anyway. They needed to work to make it better than it was just just to live up to what they promised in the first place. You know, um, some of the things we've had to suffer through over the years, quite honestly, are insulting. Um, and you know, and again, again, we talked about, um, I, and I've been always been pretty pretty surprisingly vocal. I got a big mouth, right? Um, about this aspect because nah. you know, well, <laughs> once you know, once they changed in Ranger, where it was sort of like you know, you were you know, they, they let you in, like you had to apply, and they let you in. There was no, I don't know if it was a cost or company paid. I don't remember. How it worked back then. I know you had to take the EDC, and then I don't know if your company paid or how it worked, right? But uh, once they started provi- a- a- asking for money and quite a bunch of money, to, in my aspect, you know, my, my my sensibility is like, look, you know, you're my vendor now. I'm your customer. You don't treat customers like that. You don't you don't say here's the, here's the program and then start pulling away features uh, every year and then and then and then quite honestly, some of the uh, on this, uh, 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 recording will will know on the DL. There's some people that. Have you know appointed themselves like you know police of the DL and sort of uh, you know bully people to like not speak out on what they view as you know wrongs in the products. I mean, there's a lot of things that that needed to be you know addressed, and um, you know we're always very cognizant about our NDA and what we you know what you know the the what we pledge to say and not say publicly. Um, but again, that trust has now been destroyed in my aspect, and and you know to the to the to the point of, you know, uh, you know, if they're going to have a new program or whatever that is, whether the DL is going to go along or go away or not, do we trust them as learning anymore? I, I don't. I don't I don't trust anything they say anymore. So, um, you know, the amount of backpilling that would need, need to happen for us to trust them again is going to be massive uh, because I don't see how we're ever going to anymore. Well, take the 70-337 exam. That's a perfect example of never wanting to trust them again. <laughs> Talk about a pile of crap. I think I probably could learn to be a doctor easier than pass that test. <laughs> I think we'll all become uh, uh, Google MCMs. <laughs> Apart from John. Step one, <laughs> install Chrome. Step two, drill hole in head. <laughs> there you go. All right, so what else? Who, who else has something to say about this? Um, I've said it before, and I know a lot of MCMs and MCSMs. It's an alphabet soup. Um, are listening to this, and I've said it already to them personally in email, but I'd like to say it was a joy and delight to work with you, and I hope that I will see you again in various things like Mech. Um, but we remember Mech was only going to happen because they had something to say. Um, there'll be nobody to help implement it. Yeah, Mech's I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm um, looking forward to that, assuming I attend. Uh, the uh, recommendation that I have for those out there with MCSM or uh, MCM uh, creds or those who were in the program or in the process, whatever, who any interested party should email Microsoft and uh, give them a professional, rational email about their thoughts on the program and uh, what they expect from it and what they uh, hope Microsoft will do. I think that's really important that they get a message out there because I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. They say they're reading the DL. We're not getting any replies from them. Uh, no comments there. The only comments we're ever getting is from Tim Sneath on the uh, uh, Connect uh, um, 
forum the comments in the connect article that was uh, uh raised and i just don't know that uh they're they're hearing us so if you uh uh, look up Tim's email. I believe it's Tim S at Microsoft.com. He'd probably be a good person to, to ping. And uh, let them know how this affects you and your company. And, and Tim, that was Jeff Gia that just gave out your email address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't, don't tag X, me with this. XMCM and XMVP. Yeah. yeah. I gave out his email just, just, a, re- just a regular guy now. Suddenly yeah. Jeff's blog goes dark. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is Andrew. I, I guess talk, as far as getting things off my chest, I thought about putting it up on a blog somewhere, tweeting it. But really, I, I just want to talk about the original reason that I wanted to be an MCM. Now, yeah, I was I was gonna, I was going to ask uh, if we can go around and, and, and ask you know everyone why they decided to do it. I, I was going to bring it up too, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, so, so I was fortunate enough to work with Jedediah Hammond several years ago, and he was one of our first to go through the program. And I, I worked with Exchange quite a bit, and working with him. I just realized that he knew the product on a, on a level that I, I didn't think it was possible, right? I, I wanted that. I wanted to to be that. He would tell me stories of, you know, guys arguing in class because that's the whole philosophy, right? You, sh- you should know a product to a point where you're willing to argue with someone over it to a T, you know, just because, I mean, you know it that well. You shouldn't be afraid. You know, it's almost like I always say you never really know a product until you have to teach it. I would say being able to argue to the to a, or convince a customer for it. that that's those are the types of things he would tell me and I would I, I basically spent a year prepping for MCM. I read TechNet as much as much as I could stand. Um, I read every one of the instructors' blogs. Uh, sorry again to Brian for uh, <laughs> bringing up. Oh yeah, I read that. That yeah. Every time he tried to bring up something about shadow redundancy or something like that, I'd mention. Oh yeah, your blog post. The answer is this, right? He's like, yeah, you spoiled the answer, Andrew. Thanks. No, you're you're a good student, Andrew. (laughs) But you know yourself, uh, Tim McMichael. uh, I mean, a lot of people on this call right now. I've I've read some of their blogs uh, in preparation for it. To me, I went to MCM thinking these guys were rock stars, right? Uh, You know, I uh, John John Cook was the first uh, guy to develop a man crush on Greg Taylor, but I guess I was the second. You know, so I went through all that, and it, when it was all said and done, you know, it was a highlight of my professional career, and uh, I made a lot of sacrifices for it. And I, I cherish every day I get to work with with everyone on the distro, work with everyone I've met through the program. So to me, this is, I know we'll try to keep it going, the uh, the community going in one shape or form, but it just uh, what really bothers me about it is it. I, I'm certain it was a money decision. No one talked to anyone else. It seems that our our TAM, you know, Dell's TAM, we, we just signed up three people to go through MCM AD, a renewal for AD, and a renewal for SQL. And we we're planning on sending three to four more in the next year to two year or two. Our TAM, she she knew nothing of this. We we used partner hours for some, we used money for other for another portion, and we went through. And this is just as much a shock to her as anything else. Uh, Someone earlier mentioned, that, I don't know if it was Tim, someone said that other groups within Microsoft use MCM as part of the performance metrics, right? I, how are they going to feel now that it's gone? It, yeah, we were with somebody in our rotation uh, whose bonus was tied to, I mean, you know, to, to this and getting it finished. He was in you know, our beta rotation, and uh, 
he's he's you know getting ready to do his retakes and like you know his you know it's my you know, it's money now so now it's you know it's, it's not even personal it's business you know what I mean um, you're taking money out of my pocket and you know yeah, yeah. I mean that's I'm also Italian so th- I, I take that uh, very seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say from it. I, I, I wish, I hope the program will come back in some form. There's there's this pipe dream out there about maybe product group taking it over again, but uh, they, they've got their hands full, I imagine, at the moment on other things. But, uh, I mean, that's all I really had to say. It's been a pleasure to work with everyone on, in the community so far, and I hope we can continue to do it in some form or fashion. Me too. Too. I was really looking forward to going through the program and having seen, um, you know, the result of the training in in some of the MCSMs and MCMs that I know. Uh, disappointed, I won't be able to attend. But now my weekends are free. I don't have to do so much yeah, right. with TechNet. Well, I still got to decide if I want to even pursue my retakes now or not. I, I mean, the same thing for for me. You know. Uh, I had always had interest. I knew some guys in Chicago that had, uh, you, you know, applied to be in the original Ranger, and these were like, you know, really, really, really solid guys. Um, and he, you know, this one guy in particular, he took the EDC like twice and couldn't pass it. And this is one of the most solid guys I've, I've ever known, right? And uh, so this is kind of an intrigue. I'm like, all right, man, if he can't even pass this minimum thing, I gotta try, right? Because I, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know why, because I, I know I'm not as smart as this guy, but. But I gotta try, right? So, and you know, so I talked to uh, one of the people in like tech, uh, tech at 2006 in Boston. I was talking to one of the like the Cindy, the Cindy of, of of then now that you know kind of is the admins of the program. And she's like, yeah, I can you know go get you an EDC, whatever. And then and then the program changed to, to master. So I go, well, all right, well, I definitely will try for that. But you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the, you know, the, the, the nerve wracking process of, of getting all my paperwork together. Like, oh, am, I, am I good enough? I mean, is it, you know, is my resume good enough? Is my this design doc is it going to be good enough for for these guys, I mean, what what am I looking at here? You know, so um, I mean, I kind of went for that, just like that that kind of challenge, like you know, uh, like I'd never like I I never done anything like that before in my life, other than like I said, you know, boot camp. It would be the only equivalent. And uh, and you know, for me, it was so cool. It was the first time I ever been to Microsoft campus. I mean, it just put the whack on me. You know, every day walking to the class at seven o'clock in the morning, you're walking through Microsoft campus for the first time, and it was like you know, it just hits you all once. Like this is really real. You are at the sort of this pinnacle of this product. You know. And and you can't replicate that any other way, you know. And I and it's if this goes away for good, or certainly if they get rid of the actual training, um, uh, it's just ruined, you know. And, it, and it's, it's just it's such a shame. Well, yeah. yeah. Program to um, be able to learn as much as I possibly could about the program, about the product, um, about what we now eight or nine years ago. I was teaching Microsoft staff in Europe. And um, I came across the Ranger program. I was teaching a precursor to that program. And um, when Ranger became masters and went public, I um, contacted the people in charge uh, and um, asked if they needed instructors. The plan was to scale the program out, and so they needed instructors. Um, and they hired me to do the job. It never did scale out. Um, and probably one of the big reasons why it never did scale out was the, um, the lack of people to deliver it um, but then if the lack of people to deliver it is a cause of the complexity of the product then it was never going to scale out uh, Tim's comments uh, in his post to the connect vote implies it's on pause and they'll come up with something different um, what's it going to be a bunch of videos you watch recordings of the sessions <laughs> and then exams um, we, we all know that online video works for small things but it doesn't work for long interactive three-week sessions you can't watch video for that um, oh. so um, it's a shame to see it go um, I know I earned an income from 
doing it. Um, it's actually more of a shame um, from the social side of it, from um, being able to fly to America, meeting friends out there uh, and the work um, and meeting the guys that I, uh, guys and girls indeed, that I taught and um, met um, at various events like MEC and so on. Um, the, the social side of it, the, the lack of that will be the biggest impact um, I can see at the moment. Maybe um, the loss of certification over time with some customers that may not contact me because they don't know what uh, MCM is. Um, but the I'm just trying to put my words together. I think the worst thing about all this was the way the news was broken. It was rude and arrogant. It was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was sort of like you know, like, you know, like go screw yourself, you know, like and and, and <laughs> no recourse, no like, hey, you know, yeah. if they would have said, hey, maybe, yeah, exactly, like me, you know, hey, you know, we're changing stuff again. Uh, but again, even that would be insulting. I mean, like, like, like I mentioned earlier, like it used to be that they would consult us on stuff. It used to be they would they would tell us about a service pack before it was released. You know, months and months, or or you know, or some something was going on months and months. But you know, other than the community calls, which are amazing, you know, uh, the, the the quarterly calls, uh, you know, it's sort of like they've been kind of just leaving us out to drive for a long time. It feels like, and you know, and the, and the only and to me sometimes it's the bait and switch. Like you know, it feels like that to me. Like, well, you're not current, so of course you know you're not going to be treated as well as somebody's got their current MCM. Which I, I get that. I mean, obviously you know you need you know you need to keep maintaining this stuff. I, I get that, but the, the 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 pulling of access and and you know uh, over time, it's just. And, you know, on top of and to not on top of what they just did now is sort of like really, you know, you push it around a lot now, and now this enough, you know, now we're pushing back. That's you know my take on it. Uh, I think one message I've got to MCMs out there is to, if you aren't already, try and get involved in the community. There's people like Jeff and, and Michael who uh, swing both ways uh, when it comes to MVP and MCM. That just sounds wrong. Shows you where my mind's at, man. In the safest possible way. <laughs> oh, did you have a hotel room, Michael? Uh, and uh, and of course. Uh, sh- sharing that knowledge with the community is a great way to to, to get involved, and uh, and you can write about it, uh, and of course you get those opportunities to to go to to Microsoft, uh, to to go to Redmond, and uh, and the, the same sort of access uh, with MVP distribution lists. So do try and write up uh, as much as you can about what you know. Share with the community your knowledge, and of course people will respect it. People will. Uh, we'll want to read what you write. Uh, one of the most uh, encouraging things is starting your own blog uh, and then watching it grow, uh, sharing the, the kind of problems that you come across, the kind of uh, implementations you're working on, and the things that you, uh, the, the things that happen. That, uh, most of the contributors to the UC Architects are uh, a mix of MVPs as well as uh, MCMs. Uh, so, so get involved. It's, it's worth it. And, and, and if you uh, do get nominated, which, which people do, I, I think there's a, a, at least a, one person uh, from the MCMs on this call who's already been nominated. And fingers crossed for them, they'll twice. be coming in twice. Twice. Didn't get it last time. I'll make sure I put a nomination in for you, probably. <laughs> so don't bother crossing your fingers. <laughs> I'll keep them crossed anyway. Uh, it, it, it's worth doing, and uh, not 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 just for for being an MVP, but also the the kind of knowledge that you gain uh, outside of uh, outside of the MCM community as well, uh, helping out uh, customers uh, through TechNet forums, learning about problems before you come across them yourselves. Pat. Uh, I don't Speaking know of which, uh, I'm sorry, Steve. I was going to yeah. say your 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 article about uh, how to lose friends 
you know, directed toward Microsoft was just spot on perfect. Yeah, Great article yeah, absolutely. this morning. And, and we'll definitely put a link to that on the summary page for this particular episode. And I, I know a lot of the people in the UC Architects group have been retweeting that. Um, it, excellent stuff, Steve. Well, yeah, I just wanted to just add uh, real quick, like, you know, anyone listening that, uh, you know, uh, was playing and going or wants to go, you know, maybe you don't give up hope. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, as such as it is, we're trying to do everything we can to keep it alive. You know, it's our ass too, right? You know, <laughs> I don't want it to see it die either, so. Uh, you know, chin up, right? You guys would say <laughs> chin up, chin up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, for those of you that'll be at the Connections Conference in Vegas, uh, first part of next month, uh, a bunch of us will be there. So uh, you know, you'll 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 see us uh, wearing our black shirts. Uh, stop by and say hi, and buy us a beer, or get John to buy you a beer. <laughs> but uh, that's going to do it for us for episode twenty-seven, our uh, Microsoft Killer episode. Um, I want to thank uh, Johan Veldis, Michael Van Horenbeek, Andrew Higginbotham, Michelle DeRoy, Brian Reed, Sirkan Veraglou, Steve Goodman, Tim Harrington, Jeff Guillet, and John Cook. That's got to be the biggest group I think we've ever had on an episode. But, uh, thank, yeah, thanks, everybody, for uh, stopping by. We want to remind you that the UC Architects are online. Visit our website at www.theucarchitects.com. We're on Twitter at The UC Architects. We have a page on Facebook at facebook.com slash The UC Architects. And we have a group on LinkedIn. Podcast episodes are available on our Windows Phone app, courtesy of Johan. The iTunes Store with an iTunes, with an Apple app coming soon. And in your favorite RSS podcast client. See our website for links to everything. We'll see you back for the next episode with Steve Hosting. Thank you.